Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another spectacular episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hinshaw. And as someone put on my Facebook the other day as one of their favorite quotes of mine, I am the hostess without the mostest. Mostest? Most? Mostest. Mostest. Okay. Yep. So as you heard, with me as always, my good buddy, my friend that lives on the other side of the earth, Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. So, Mike, this week was a very good film that I was anticipating for a little while. Not not a huge while, but a little while. Um, and I went and saw it with a special guest, which we could get into later. Um, he's supposed to record a little bit of a uh, review for us, but I'm not sure if he does or not. So we will uh, wait and see if he actually sends that to me by uh, Monday evening so I can put it in. But anyway, so Mike, uh, what movie are we talking about today? So we watched Operation Finale. Uh, it's uh, it's about a team of secret agents who set out to track down Nazi officer who mastermind the Holocaust. It's uh, directed by Chris Chris Waits. Matthew Orton is the writer, and it's starring Oscar Isaac, Ben Kingsley. Melena Laurent and Nick Kroll. So what did you think of this one, Matt? Dude, I love this movie. I thought it was really good. But I guess I can disclose it because uh, I don't know if I've talked about it before in a podcast or not. But uh, I am a huge history buff. Huge. I love history. I think you know this about me as well, Mike. But... uh, I actually, in college, took history classes just because I thought they were fun. Yeah, I know. That's sick. I enjoyed writing papers about history and learning about history for fun. Yeah, I don't, I didn't, I don't know if I knew that, actually, man. I don't think you talked oh, really? about that. Yeah. Oh, that really, I thought I that told That really you that. actually just puts you down a notch in my book. Like, you were like, you were like super nerd heaven level, and now you're like, mm, medium. Really? So liking history brought me down, even though I took a bunch of history classes for no reason. Yes, yes, it, yes, it did. See, I think I would think that would take me to another level of nerdism. No, I don't. Well, maybe I don't know because history is something that most people don't really enjoy. So, what, what, uh, what is your favorite history class that you took in college? What, what, which one was it? Oh, dude, this one, it's a tough one because I had a few that I really, really enjoyed. But um, I was an idiot my sophomore year when I was still in computer science and engineering. Um, I think you know this about me, too, but I basically went to school year round until the day I graduated. So that means I took summer school and I took winter session. And winter session at ASU back in the day was basically living hell. It's like two weeks, right? It's three weeks. Yeah. And so I took winter session one year and I took the class because I really wanted to learn about it. It was the history of the Vietnam War. Ooh, man. Okay. We read eight books in three weeks. 
Man. And not little books either. Yeah. It was history books. It was ruthless, dude. But that class was so freaking fascinating. So I would say that one or the other one I really, 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 really enjoyed. I think I probably enjoyed it maybe a little bit more than Vietnam War one, just because it's a subject I didn't know much about. I knew quite a bit about the Vietnam War, but not at the level that I do now. But this other subject I knew next to nothing about was the history of the British Empire. Oh, cool, man. And that was fascinating. Yeah, man. They, they at one time, I think, were all over the world. I mean, they still are, but man. Yeah, that, that, that would be neat. Uh, not really one time, Michael. Basically through the majority of the history of, I guess you would say, European dominance, it was almost exclusively Great Britain running the show. Now, not always. There was little things like Napoleon and yeah. different things little like flash, that. But flare-ups of uh, some resistance and some things. Right. But basically, the UK ran the world. Like, no ifs, ands, or but, buts. And it's incredible how they do it. did it from this tiny little island. And basically, the reason... Well, not, well there's mo- many, many, many reasons why they were able to achieve such dominance. But the biggest reason is something you probably wouldn't think about. Oh, maybe you would now, being uh, an adult and things like that. But what what do you think is their biggest reason why they controlled the majority of the world? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I, I, I don't know. I really don't. Oh, dude. It's real easy. Their Navy. Oh, okay. They just... No, they- no one could touch their navy they would roll in with their ships and just dominate they would dominate trade they would dominate taking over the country they would move their soul i mean it was just re freaking relentless yeah okay that makes sense that actually yeah i mean if you're gonna try and dominate all over the world you would need to have an amazing navy and the british empire did yes for a very long time so anyway, it's not to get too off topic, but basically to sum it all up, I took a lot of history classes in college because I quote unquote thought they were fun. Uh, my freshman and sophomore year of college, I was taking junior and senior level history classes and people were like, what the hell's wrong with you? And so my senior year rolls around or I'm getting ready to roll into my senior year and my guidance counselor goes, um, do you realize you have a history minor with... Uh, with just taking one class, you have a minor in history. I'm like, no. She's like, okay, what I need you to do, and this is going to sound stupid, but I need you to sign up for History 101. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So my senior year at ASU, I was in History 101, and everybody hated me because I was coming into the class drunk. I was coming in hungover. And back then, they had this little thing called Curves. And I wasn't paying attention to class much. I mean, I did my work and I did my homework and stuff like that. But I was drunk a lot or hungover a lot because it was early as shit in the morning. They were trying to weed freshmen out. Right. Okay. It was a weeder course. It was, yeah. And so I would come in and I'm like falling asleep in class and passing out and stuff. And I'm setting the fucking curve on this thing. And people just hated me. They just hated me. They're like, how the hell is he doing this? And I'm like... I'm just here because I'm trying to get this thing that attaches to my full diploma. 
Nice. Nice. So anyways, I, needless to say, moral of the story is I am a huge history buff. And I think part of that also helped fuel my love of photojournalism because I always felt like I was documenting history when I was doing my days of photojournalism. Oh, yeah. Or I okay. still do. All right. I still do them now. I just don't do them every day like I used to. Okay. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That ties in pretty nicely. So ending all of that, I loved this movie. This is a story that I personally don't know a whole lot about because when you learn history and you're taught history, it's mainly the big, big events. Now, don't get me wrong. This is a huge event in history. Massive. But it is not on the scope of, say, the war itself, um, the uh, founding of the United States, things like that. Yeah. But it is still a massive, massive piece of history that I knew a little, little bit about. And I think this movie really opens up your eyes to it. Especially since after the movie, just before we started recording this, I was watching a few programs about the actual Operation Finale. And that's what they called it. That is honestly what they called the operation to get him was Operation Finale. Yeah, I I, I thought this movie was pretty neat. It is awesome to hear these different stories. Now, I know there's been quite a few stories about Holocaust and stuff. But, I mean, it, it really did affect millions and millions of people. So, we're going to keep seeing these stories. And uh, this was just an amazing story about how they, how they had to try and get him, uh, get this particular guy out of the country, and what they had to do, and all the planning, and how things kept changing and falling through, and oh, it was cool. I, I liked it a lot. Well, one of the things that why you want to study history, and I know people say, why do I want to study history? History is so dumb. It's so boring. The biggest reason why history is taught in school and why it is something you want to study is because you need to learn from people's past mistakes. Now, having films like this in the mainstream media played by a couple of our top tier actors today helps that. But basically, telling this story will keep people from repeating these events. Or that's the goal. That's the goal. This was massive genocide, man. Massive. Yeah. No, it, well, it was. Uh, this movie somewhat reminded me of a, a movie that I just watched recently, uh, right around Christmas time of, of last year, was The the Darkest Hour about World War II and Winston Churchill. It was really only about two weeks or so in his uh, coming to be... Um, prime minister but it was crazy the 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 just the amount of stuff that you you see and and just the decisions that these people have to make and how things go it was it was it was such a great movie and this one was just as good so i really enjoyed this i love the darkest hour man that was i really wanted that to win movie of the year last year and i knew it wasn't going to but i really wanted it to i loved that movie now this might be a little controversial especially saying it to you but i think the darkest hour was way better than dunkirk dunkirk was a good film they are wonderful companion pieces 
But I think how your parents did it by watching The Darkest Hour first and then watching Dunkirk, I think they got a whole hell of a lot more out of Dunkirk than I did. Yeah, I think I think that that I kind of wish those movies came out in reverse order because that would have made it better to watch them. Now, I don't know if that was planned. I doubt that was planned at all. I think those just movies happened to coincide. I don't know. But I think it was a coincidence. I don't think it was planned whatsoever because they're completely separate movie houses, completely separate production companies, everything. Yeah. Um, Dunkirk was a well done movie, but there's it's not the darkest hour is better. Um, But I love Christopher Nolan and I'm sure his next movie will be awesome. So it was just, he did a lot of work towards making it very realistic and getting the real planes and the real ships and, you know, all the, um, uh, he doesn't like special effects, so he does all the, uh, practical practical effects. effects. Yeah. That's one thing I do applaud him for that film. I loved Dunkirk a lot, but as you know, I've discussed it with you in the past, the, final scene where the spitfire literally laps the beach multiple times that just ruins it for me that that whole thing just ruins it for me because it's so not true oh you mean he can't he can't uh coast uh for like six six times like gain some altitude go back down gain gain some more no dude spit especially a warbird like a spitfire I mean, basically, when you run out of fuel on one of those things, you're going down. Like, you're not going down in a ball of flames, but you're going down a whole hell of a lot faster than a sailplane. And that last scene with the Spitfire, where Tom Hardy's going back and forth up and down the beach, is like a sailplane doing that. And I'm sorry. I know it was for dramatic effect, and it's a movie and all that shit, but that just... (laughs) But I do have to say, I do applaud him for having real Spitfires. And having real Stukas. And when the Stukas are doing the dive bombing bombing on the beach on the soldiers, that's really what they sounded like. They had the screams and the sirens, and it was all intimidation factor. I mean, I was actually talking about that at the airfield the other day. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, but So, Mike, o- Operation fin- – oh, sorry, I interrupted you. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, back, back to this movie. Yeah, I was just going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've, we've gotten kind of off topic here, and I haven't even brought up Star Wars yet. But No, the, of course not. The, the, uh, yeah, this, this was a well-done movie. I really liked uh, Ben Kingsley's performance. He was just top-notch. And um, Oscar Isaac was great uh, as well. This was, this was a, a, a good movie. This was a good movie. The... I would say 98% of this movie was fantastic. I loved it to death. There's a couple things that bother me. I don't like to be the uh, wet blanket, but I almost always have something that bothers me nowadays in films since doing them semi-professionally reviewing them now. I I guess I'm just getting super nitpicky. I don't know. But um, the two things that bothered me in this movie was Nick Kroll's acting was atrocious. He's a great comedian. He does some fun stuff, but his acting in this movie was was rough, dude. It was real, real, real rough. Yeah, well, he's not in it a terrible amount, so I don't know. Well, his face and who he is is so well known outside of this. 
it, I don't think it helped any that he wasn't doing a good job. <laughs> I think it, it being who he was made it worse. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like Nick Kroll. He's a he's fun when it comes to comedies and stuff, but he needs to work on his drama chops a little bit. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. And then the second issue I have, and it's not a big one, because Ben Kingsley is the man. He is an incredible actor, but I wasn't sure what he was going to do about this. But it's real, it's a little tough seeing a British accent come out of a German character. Oh, yeah, I guess. Now, he tried hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he tried hard to bury his accent as best as he could. And there's a few scenes where Ben Kingsley has a really good, believable German accent. But for the most part, throughout the film, when he's talking, he still has a little bit of his British you know, twang, I guess you would say. Yeah, uh, well, I don't think, I mean, that didn't bother me at all. I just, I was more about the content and I, I didn't even, I didn't even nitpick that for once. So, I don't know. Right, and that's why I'm saying 98% of this movie is incredible. Just those two things are what I found to bother me in this movie. Other than that, I freaking love this film. My favorite favorite scenes and it's not a spoiler i don't think we're gonna have spoilers in this because you know how the hell do you spoil a movie that you know what the end result is but um, right my favorite scenes by far and i thought they were incredible and if they at least don't get a nomination i will be surprised is oscar isaac and ben kingsley when they're doing their interrogation getting to know each other kind of stuff were just amazing. Yeah. I loved them. Yeah, no, they were really good. That I think that that's definitely my favorite part of the movie, how they interacted and stuff. And just seeing oh, just seeing the tension between cuz Oscar Isaac's trying to get the character to do something, uh, uh Ben Kingsley to do something and and you can tell that he's fighting all this, um, I don't know, uh, raw emotion, raw emotion to 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 just try yeah. and do this one thing and not do what he really wants to do, which is you know take him out. And right, it, it, because it, you felt it, you felt it in there, and that was awesome. Yeah, and I have no idea how he did it. I have no idea how he was able to pull that out of the viewers, but he was. I mean, I I, I don't want to go into why you feel the tension, but um, as you know, Oscar Isaac and the rest of the cast play basically Israel's equivalent of the CIA agents. And this is the late 50s it's an early yeah, 60s I think it's 1960 or so uh, i'm i think the first operations where they started finding out about them might have been like 59 58 something like that oh, i don't okay. know it might have just been 60 because this went on for a while before they actually moved in on them because they were doing all the you know um uh recon and everything and trying to make sure it really was him and all that stuff so that takes time right but um the outfit that Oscar Isaac and the other main characters, basically other than Ben Kingsley and a few of the others, which you know they blatantly say they're Nazis, they're all 
the equivalent of Israel's uh, CIA. They're spies, they're interrogators, they're all people that most of them have lost someone in the Holocaust, either a good friend or a family member or their kids or their parents or something. Everyone is burned on this just to the T. They have absolutely no sympathy for the Germans' lives, period, period. And so that that is what builds a lot of this tension, not just between Oscar Isaac and Ben Kingsley, but the whole team and trying to do this and how bad everyone just wants to pull this guy out and just murder him in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. But they can't because as they point out repeatedly from the start, when they first start going after Ben Kingsley, Kingsley's character is that they want to make an example of him. And one of the things that in the special I was watching on this, the, the, before we started doing our pod here, was that the guy was guilty. There was no question about that. No one was even going to doubt that. But the biggest purpose of the trial that a lot of the people that they interviewed in this, that they wanted, that made the biggest impact, was having the Holocaust survivors that were in these camps testify basically on a world stage. Yeah. About these atrocities. And that opened the world's eyes to really what happened. Yeah, because they broadcast the, the trial live in uh, 1962, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And uh, up until that time, no one had heard uh, these first-person uh, accounts of, of the Holocaust from the survivors. Right. It was all... It was all people, you know, that knew someone or heard someone or the soldiers coming back and talking about it. This was firsthand accounts of these atrocities. I mean, to hear these people crying and bawling their eyes out and just, you know, this is what happened to my dad and this is what happened to my... I mean, that's just... Wow. Yeah. So, all right. I guess to get off on a little bit lighter note. So, Mike... How does Operation Finale relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, Matt, I'm glad you asked. Uh, the cinematographer for uh, Operation Finale, Javier, I'm probably going to butcher his last name, Agaros uh, Road. Yeah, I messed that up. Uh but the cinematographer for this movie also was the cinematographer for uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, and you know also the other really big tie, too. That's easier than that. Oh, I guess Ben Kingsley was uh, an Iron Man. Yes, oh, sir. Oh, man, I forgot about that. I didn't even look it up. <laughs> ah, jeez. Man. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, I was looking for the hard... Uh, I'm done. <laughs> No, you're not dumb. You just did your homework instead of taking the easy way out. Right, right. Well, for the next movie, I took the easy way out. <laughs> All right, fine. But yeah, Ben Kingsley was in uh, Iron Man 2? What was that, Iron Man I 3? think it was 3. Was it 3? I think I, I think 2 was I the one remember. with the... Um, 
the electric arm or the the guy um no who what's his name the wrestler do, or yes. he played the wrestler yeah Mickey Rourke yeah yeah, yeah Mickey Rourke I think that was number yeah. two yeah you're right you're right so it would have been number three yeah yep yeah oh Matt were you able to use your movie pass on the movie pass drama update on Operation Finale no I was not because Operation Finale isn't even at the movie pass movie locally in Prescott it is only at Harkins oh okay. So, and I guess I can uh, reveal, hopefully, hopefully he does what I asked him to do as he was hugging me and kissing me goodbye. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Thursday? your dog? No. Who else this hugs and kisses the, you goodbye? This is the our former founder slash co-host of the podcast that literally lasted one day of the podcast or three episodes, Mr. Seth Marquardt. Oh, his final day in the Prescott area, at least for the foreseeable future, was Friday of last week. Um, we went and saw Operation Finale together as kind of a little goodbye on Thursday evening. And Seth does not go to um, a picture show here. He hates picture show because of their popcorn. He is a massive, massive fan of Harkins popcorn. He thinks Harkins is the best place <laughs> in town to go see a movie because of the popcorn. Nice, nice. What what are your opinions of the popcorn? I don't eat a whole lot of popcorn. Um I did eat some with Seth because he get, went and get the giant tub and then he dumped it into uh a couple of the little trays and then he filled it up right there and he polished the whole thing off and I had a little bit of, you know, one of the trays and he polished the other tray off. He loves his popcorn. Nice. But okay. uh, I, I do think Harkins popcorn is better than picture shows. I agree. Oh, all right. It tends to be fresher. Picture show tends to pop it and let it sit there. Harkins is so many people are getting popcorn there, or maybe they just don't overcook how much they want to have, and they're always cooking. It seems like it's always fresh, no matter when you go. Yeah. Well, that that's a good thing. That's a good, that's a good place. So Seth and I went and saw this movie together as kind of his final farewell, and I asked him to uh, record a little something and give us a little his take on this film and to send it over to me. And hopefully he will do that. And if he does, I'm going to stick it at the end of our podcast here. And so you guys hopefully will get a farewell from Seth, even though he was only on three episodes. Oh. But he is the founder of this. He is one of the inspirations that made me want to start this thing. So Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very cool. That, I'm looking forward to that myself. But just best wishes, Seth, in Dallas. Enjoy it. Have fun. Stay out of trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, yeah, stay out of trouble. Have fun. I, lo- I, I, I love uh, Texas. It's good. It has its pros and cons. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the humidity, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely not your, your uh, something you like. No, no, I struggle with it quite a bit. But I, I still want to go to Austin, man. One of these days, I want to get to Austin. Yeah, we got to go for, um, what's what's that one uh, festival that you wanted to go to? Oh, dude, South yeah, by South. Yeah, we, we got to go to that one, day. And you know, if we go to it now with having a podcast, we could write it all, like, off. Because, ha- you know, one-third of South by Southwest is uh, movies. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's a film festival. 
So that would be pretty freaking awesome. Like, you know, uh, one of your favorite movies of, was, is it this year? I think it was this year. Um, A Quiet Place debuted at South by Southwest. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, sir, yeah. it did. Yeah, no, uh, they do uh, screenings there often of different kinds of movies. Sometimes just like to figure out if the audiences are going to like it and stuff. And like they're maybe not, they might even cut the movie a little bit differently depending on how the reactions are. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, all right, Mike, anything else you want to add about uh, Operation Finale? Uh, nope, nope. Uh, I, I liked it quite a bit, and uh, I'm somewhat surprised that we were able to get out of here without talking about Star Wars. So, uh, on that note... I, if you want, I can talk about Star Wars and Oscar Isaac and his role in Star Wars and how Ryan Johnson... And his latest debacle about how his trilogy was announced that it was going to be canceled. And I was very excited for that. And then they announced a couple days ago that, no, that was just a big ruse. Really just kind of sank my heart. How's that? All right. Well, I guess on that, um, what? I mean, everybody <sighs> loves Poe Dameron. I mean, come on, Mike. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I love Poe. <laughs> I have a sticker. I love Poe on my car. Uh, dude, I believe it. All right. And it's, although it's probably a Raven sticker that says, I love Poe instead of Poe Dameron. You love Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, whatever. Poe this, Poe that. It's because you're so dark and ominous. Right. Yes, that's it. Oh, wait, that's me. So, so, uh, with all that, Matt, how many reels do you give Operation Finale? I want to give it I want to give it a little bit more but I'm not going to because of the two things I pointed out. But I give Operation Finale 4 out of 5 reels. Ah, oh, damn it, Matt. That's exactly what I was going to say. I give it 4 out of 5 reels too. I really liked it. I was I was teetering between 4 and a half and 4, but those two things I pointed out that just kind of got on my nerves is what got rid of that half point. No. Okay. Hey, that's fair. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. I, I think uh, people should see it. They don't necessarily need to see it in the theater, but you should definitely see this movie because it's, it's historical and it, it's just, it's a neat story. Yes, I agree. I, I feel that this is one that you do not want to pass up. If you have the money or have the time and can go see it in the theater, it will be worth it. It's not big explosions and nothing like that, but I just love going to the theater. So I think it's well worth going to. But uh, if you can't or you can't afford it or you're not going to make it, you want to wait till it comes out on Netflix or Amazon or whatever in six months or eight months, then wait. Because you'll still really get a lot out of it if you watch it at home. It's, it's a very good film. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I concur. All right. Well, on that note, I guess uh, I don't really have anything else to add. I don't know. I don't know if you do. I mean, you know, it's uh, the history behind this film I, I is fantastic. Um, I would like to see more stuff based on history film wise. I think last year was a good year. We had Dunkirk. We had The Darkest Hour, among many other fine historical films but those two are the biggest um this year i think operation finale so far is probably the biggest historical film that's come out 
And I really enjoyed it. And I like this trend. Now, it doesn't have to always be World War II based. But I just think something in the past hundred years really just kind of hits home. Because, you know, say uh, if my grandfather was still alive, I could go sit down and ask him about the war and things like that. And, you know, that generation is going and a lot of the generations are going. And this is a good way to pass these very, very important stories on to the next generation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right. Well, on that note, I don't have anything else. Mike, you got anything else? Nope, I have nothing else. So, uh, I guess with that, I'm just going to say thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.